Welcome to Thoughts from the Pickup Line, a financial podcast designed for perspective, guidance, and protection. Created by two family guys, blessed enough to be able to pick up our kids each week, and advisors providing more than financial planning. Each episode, we'll check in with topics on health and wealth, talk investments, and share our motivations and our inspirations that keep us moving forward, as well as our challenges and how we pivot throughout our lives to adjust. Please enjoy this episode's thoughts. Welcome, welcome everyone to our first episode of Thoughts from the Pickup Line. I'm Tyler Smith, and I'll be one of your hosts on this podcast series. Joining me on this adventure, Mr. Brandon Gregg. I am Brandon Gregg, or BG as several call me. Yes. I'm very excited to be doing this as well. Great, man. So tell me, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Yeah. Uh, even better to be sitting across the table from a good friend here Absolutely. and uh, recording this. So how, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, too. Yeah, I am. I'm doing pretty pretty good. My phone went out this morning. So. I was to say, there's some hesitation on that there. There is, yeah. So it's wild. You know, we have planned on doing this today for a while mm-hmm. um, on a regular basis. And I have been trying to focus, if not all of my attention, just about all of my attention <laughs> on scripting this and getting things ready for it. And then as I'm coming up today, um, we're up in Lafayette, Indiana right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my phone stops working. So it's just like the cellular reception. It says my coverage has expired. Your coverage has yeah. expired. That's a new one. Yeah. So one of All the right. five phone lines that are on the same plan is not working. That doesn't make any sense, but. No. But other than that, I got a little bit of a break and I'm feeling even better now, right? Because we've officially finished the first part of our podcast. There we go. We got through the intro there a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's exciting. And. I'm very happy to be able to share what our plans are for this show and how we're sharing that with our clients and anyone who's willing to listen. So let's talk a little bit about the structure of the the episodes. Deal. Yeah. So each week, what our game plan is, is as we do with each other, uh, we're going to check in with each other first Mm -hmm. and just kind of talk about how we're feeling, what's going on. And then from there, we'll talk about our thoughts on planning, things that bring us joy, investments, and our family. I think a key word there is thoughts. Yes. So the name of the podcast is Thoughts from the Pickup Line. Why Thoughts from the Pickup Line? Yes, thank you for asking, right? So this is not my first attempt or my second attempt. This is actually my third attempt at trying to get a podcast together. And I think it was finally wrapped together when the two of us started working on it. Hold on, hold on. So you're saying you needed me? Yes, 100%. I just want to make sure I heard you correctly there. I did, as usual. I never think I need anybody, which is (laughs) the the furthest from the truth, right? But yeah, so I'm a dad, you know, and that's super important to me. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a man of faith. I'm a family man. I'm a protector. Mm -hmm. And I'm a collector. I like to horse around. When I'm at my best, it's when I'm able to help people. And I'm also able to learn new things, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I would second all those things. I'm a dad. I'm a husband. And talking about the personal side of things, I'm a nerd. And there's so many things that that we want to share from both that personal and professional side. So it's very exciting to be able to to use this medium to to get that out to folks. It is. And that's who we are. And and that's kind of like what ended up wrapping this together. At one point, it was even called Two Guys Having Fun, (laughs) right? So we are two guys having fun. And we're two guys that are professionals, right? Right. We're, We're CFPs. We're running a wealth management company. 
And the reason that we're finding ourselves in a position where we have the time to do a podcast is I intentionally made the decision. I wanted to focus on my clients. Mm -hmm. And I feel like every time in my career where there's been success and sometimes really, really great success, it's been a very dedicated focus on the clients, Mm -hmm. not on growth, but on the clients, Right. right? And so I think as we've been friends now for a very long time, but just a couple of years ago is when I started this whole adventure. And through that process, we started having a conversation about it. And I shared with you what my game plan was. Right. Clients first, ton of technology, ton of communication. Right. And that was enough that you were interested. And now we're working together as partners, right, yep. in this crazy adventure. Yep. So what? which part of that do you think was a deciding factor for you? Or what is important to you now with yeah. what you're doing? Well, you just mentioned both, both sides of that, from that personal and that business standpoint. So from the personal standpoint, I want to take care of my family because I am a dad, a husband, you know, Mm -hmm. and from a professional side, I want to take care of my clients well. How do those meld together? What we've built here is has melded those together very well, like we've just talked about. And the more and more I've been in the business and taking care of folks, I wanted to be able to have the flexibility and the freedom to take care of them well and to communicate with them well in any way that I want to, (laughs) any possibility. And that leads to things like this podcast as another medium to be able to communicate with our folks. Because what is the number one thing that everyone tells us they want? Yeah. Communication, communication, communication. communication. So when both of those things were working out and it made sense, I can take care of my clients well, I can take care of my family better, Mm -hmm. here I am. Yeah. And so for me, it was uncomfortable. You know, the first time I went at it, it was like, I should do a financial planning podcast. Sure. You know, and I can articulate the points to people. I can make Mm -hmm. the planning topics very interesting, I thought. But it lacked authenticity. And it lacked authenticity because I I enjoy planning and I enjoy helping people. But I do not enjoy it as much as some folks do. Sure. Right? Like, we know in this independent space, we are surrounded by other planners who can sit down and record a podcast for hours. Mm-hmm. And then produce it down to something that people may want to listen to. I can handle financial planning podcasts because I'm really, really into it. I don't know that talking about financial planning on a podcast for 45 minutes is going to be super interesting. Right. right? So that was kind of my first pause. And then the second pause was the two of us. And mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out how do we fix that problem? How sure. do we do something that actually will be entertaining And then it just kind of fell into place. So here's me trying to finish my original story from 10 minutes ago. (laughs) The pickup line part of it is that both of us are fortunate enough that we're picking up our kids from school. Right. And we don't do it every day, you know, but we do regularly pick up our children from school. So the rhythm and routine that we've gotten into is we start each day and we check in with each other in the morning. How are you doing? And then we both work on our clients. We both work on the planning side of things. Uh, We normally touch base again as a check-in throughout the day, whether it's text messaging or we're face-to-face or something. And we do share all of our personal things that we enjoy from, you know, going axe throwing, which we'll talk about later on today to Pokemon, which is another one too, right? You wouldn't think you'd hear that. I know. (laughs) And then it seems like clockwork every day in the afternoon. I'm always doing market things. You know, we have it on the background. We start to hear the markets are going to close in a couple hours. So we do talk about investments every single day. And so what this podcast allows us to do is that when we finish our day, which is typically between that three and four area when we're picking up our kids, we wrap it all up. And so that's exactly the format. The agenda for the podcast is just what we're doing every day. 
And it is a little uncomfortable sometimes because we're pulling back the curtain on everything that we do. And I think it's in that authenticity, though, that our clients are really going to love, hopefully, what we're doing, sharing on a regular basis, like you had said, the communication. And then if someone's thinking about maybe they want to work with us, you know, this is the the plug right here is that if you enjoy the podcast, if you enjoy kind of how I think through things and how Brandon thinks through things, then this is a great set of training wheels. You get a chance to really work with us before you work. This is it. This is, this is letting you into our personal lives, into the professional side. So this is what you get. Yes. And, um, we're excited to be able to share that. I had a client very recently when they, when they were meeting with me said, you know, the last couple months, Brandon, as we meet with you, you are just so much happier than Mm -hmm. you've been before. And I, I don't guess I've realized that or noticed that. And, you know, I can, and I can talk hours and hours about the business side of it. And, and part of that is, is how both my personal and business life can meld together now. And I'm so comfortable with, with what we've got going on here. So I want to share that happiness with everyone else, yeah. you know, and this is a good way for us to do that. So yeah. I'm very happy yeah. to be able to do that. I love it. All right. Well, yeah. So let's kind of make that transition now here too. to give a little background on me. I am a uh, teacher at heart. I think I'll always be a teacher at heart, whether it's with our clients or if I'm ever given an opportunity to speak and educate people, I love to. I taught after school for a little bit. And so talking about 529s, I think, is something that would be a great way to start for both of us. Absolutely. So Indiana has a very unique 529 plan in the fact that it is very financially beneficial for you to use a 529. All right. So let's take a step back. Okay. 529 is for what specifically? Yes. So 529 plans were established to help parents and grandparents or really any family members Mm -hmm. save money for post-secondary or higher education. So the post-secondary and the higher education, there is a difference between the two, right? So post-secondary can include high school now. So if you're going to a private high school, you can actually use this for the tuition And uniquely enough as well, you can use it for some of the costs that go along with high school. Computers, laptops, books, qualified expenses for high school or for college. And in Indiana specifically, there's a lot of very unique features that go into it. From low fees to tax advantage investing, and you actually get money back on your taxes, which makes it very financially beneficial right, to right. using it if you want to help pay for college for your kids. Well, that answers the question of, well, why don't I just put money back in a savings account? Yes. Why is the 529 important? Because of these tax savings and Yes, exactly. So if you had the two different options, right? So if I put money into a savings account and just say in some magical world, you're getting 5% on your savings account. Very magical right? world. Very magical. But to make it simple... <laughs> What would happen is you put that $5,000 in and it grows at 5% a year. At the end of 10 years, simple interest, you get 50% growth. Mm -hmm. Uh, That 50% growth would be taxable, Mm -hmm. right? In a 529 account, if you have the same savings situation where you're making 5% simple interest, that 50% growth after that 10 years is tax-free. So all of that growth gets to go towards paying for tuition and qualified expenses for a child. And those qualified expenses can be found on the Indiana 529. Yeah, yeah. And it's one of those things where I don't mind saying it out loud. It's a gray area. You know, it's it's something where if you are trying to justify, you know, paying for parking because it's more (laughs) convenient to park on campus than off campus, 
Ooh, like <laughs> I probably wouldn't make that risk, but if you want to, like that's your call. We're not accountants, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, we're sure. kind of just talking about general advice here. Uh, but on the flip side, though, if that parking is included in your rent, and you know, rent and tuition are covered, mm-hmm. right? And so those are some of the areas where you're going to want to talk to an accountant. I may have just made a mistake, and I'm sure the accountant <laughs> listens will tell me, but. All in the way that I'm looking at it from a 529 perspective, the reason they're so important for me is that if you put $5,000 a year into that, which Mm -hmm. is why I used that number originally, the state of Indiana will give you $1,000 back. So it's not a deduction, it's a credit, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's very rare in any state where you can find a credit that large. And so just to say that out loud again for people that are like, hold on, what was that, right? So you get 20% of your contribution into the 529 back each year on your taxes. So if you put in $1,000, you'll get a $200 credit on your taxes. If you put in $2,500, you'll get $500 back. $5,000, you get $1,000 back. $10,000, you still only get $1,000 back. The cap is $1,000 per year per household, right? So if you want to put money into my kids' 529, and I put money into my kids 529, you could get a credit, I could get a credit, but you don't get double credits, right? Sure. It goes by individual social security number. Take a look at our show notes is the answer there for all the yep. details. I got way into the weeds there because I'm excited. 529s do make me very excited because we're talking about college. College is a big thing for me. Yeah. And it's something that needs to be discussed because prices for college is only getting higher and higher and higher. And we have a lot of information on our website. We'll share that as well with some pretty crazy statistics of what it costs to, to, to put a kid through school. These yeah, days. Thank, thank you for leaning me there, right? So this is something that we put together last year, but there are some schools right now. So Harvey Mudd College, the University of Chicago, Columbia, Barnard College, and Duke, right, are the five most expensive schools. Those five schools right now are all more than $75,000 a year. I can't even fathom that. Yeah. Isn't that wild? So you're looking at over $300,000 to get through a four-year degree. I mean, that that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't include all the other things that go into going to school. So right. it is expensive. So saving up for college is expensive, but you have to do it. Yeah. Is what it comes down to, right? And I, I can go either way, depending on what mood I'm in and what soapbox I'm on. And this might be a good opportunity for us to talk about. Uh, where we went to school too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I went to Notre Dame undergrad. I grew up on the in a small town out east relative to where we are in Indiana and then came out here to go to school. So I did go to a super expensive school mm-hmm. and I'm still paying off my student loans. We'll celebrate. This is gonna be my last year. My last payment is in the fall. There you go. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's worth it today. And maybe when I finally pay it off, I'll tell you something different, you know, but there is, you know, I do love Notre Dame a lot. And so it was completely worth it, but it is wildly, wildly expensive. And uh, sometimes it may not make sense, but either way we can help plan. And I think those 529s are unbelievable tools. And as a Tyler suggestion, right, we always talk about me Tylering situations. (laughs) Even if you don't have children, it's still a good thing to do. You can use yourself as a beneficiary. And you can put the money in. And if you think you may have children down the road or you may want to help out with a niece or a nephew or something like that, you can still get access to the principal if you need to. It's not the purpose, but there are some unique strategies that, you know, if someone heard that and you, you would like to know more, please reach out to us. 529s are not only if you have children, for sure. Yeah. 
And we don't sell them, to be very clear. We're talking about some advice on a tool and a resource that's great. This is not something that Brandon and I handle from a wealth management perspective. We'll give you advice on it and we can kind of give you the direction, but we are not uh, in the business of selling 529 accounts. So. so if you have any more questions about this, please reach out to us. Yeah, I think it'd be great. So let's transition to something that brings us a I just said that really fast because <laughs> I'm excited. really excited, right? So the middle part of our day, the middle part of my day and Brandon's day is the one time that we both align. So even though I'm up early in the morning and I'm working early, what happens to me is I get hyper-focused and I'm just not very social until about 11, mm-hmm. 11.30, noon. Brandon wakes up a ball of sunshine, in my opinion. <laughs> and then you start to get even more happy throughout the day, but it's for a different reason, right? So like yeah. our sweet spots in the middle of the day, you're super happy, working, productive, and then you get more and more tired throughout the day. Yeah, and then I get slap happy. Slap happy. Uh, the afternoons, I the afternoons, yeah. I just, I, I start to wear down and yeah, then I'm just a giggle box, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I come at it from the other angle. So I'm very quiet, in my head, strategic, and then I start to break open, usually in the middle of the day. And then towards the end of the day, that's when I'm on my mission, you know, when I can be much more social and do those types of things. So you can imagine Tyler coming up with all of his new fresh ideas and trying to share them with me at two o'clock in the afternoon. When you're slapping. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the sweet spot is right now, We're right in the middle of the day. And I am really excited because this is normally when I pick up my phone and I play Wordle. Right. Good old Wordle. Yes. So we've been playing Wordle on and off now for a month or two mm-hmm. and we enjoy it. It's quick. It's easy. And it's got a unique story how someone created it during the pandemic. I love it because you can only play once. Right. Right. And so through that process, Brandon and I started playing a little competitively and it's not really an easy game to be hyper competitive with someone. Like, sure. it, you know, it's just a simple word game. For those of you who don't know, I'm saying Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E. Yeah, you get you get six chances, six chances to put a word in, and it'll tell you if, if one of the letters is yellow, means you've got the right letter, but it's not in the right place. If it's green, then you've got it in the right place and it's the right letter. And you just go through and you try to figure out what that word is. Um, I always start with the word style, and Tyler always starts with Tyler. Style always works out better. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Um, And right now I'm currently on a 19 game streak. So that's incredible. um, Today's word, it was very difficult. I haven't done it yet. I got it in six. So I won't say any more, but um, it is nice because you can knock it out and then there's no chance of playing it again. So you can't be stuck on your phone for two hours, which is, we all know is very easy to do. That's cool. Um, Yeah. We really enjoy it. We started a Facebook group to just share that. I don't know if anybody's really going to ever use it or not, but we like it. We like yeah. to share what we're doing on, on a daily basis with Wordle. Yeah, so if you are listening if and you're interested in Wordle at all, we have a Facebook group. It's uh, Team Tyler versus Team Style. Brandon yep. had mentioned that already. It doesn't matter which word is the best to start with. Being on Team Tyler is the only team, in my opinion, uh, that we should be on, right? So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm excited. I will. So get on our Facebook group. You can check that out. Uh, Kate actually helped me finish yesterday. Okay. So it was shawl, S-H-A-W-L, yes, right? And so yeah. I had the first, third, and fifth letter. And okay. I was like, I think third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I was guessing, trying to figure out what yeah. those the second and fourth letters were going to be. And Kate is how old? Kate is 10. And she helped figure out the word shawl? She did. That's nice. I know. It was pretty wow. cool. She's, she's our uh, our wordy. She reads all the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it was fun. And today we'll see what happens. Um, 
Uh, but regardless, Wordle is a ton of fun. So that's one of the great things we're doing. And I want to share another really cool thing we're doing. So I mentioned earlier that we're in Lafayette. We have offices in both greater Indianapolis. We have several offices in greater Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. And we have one really nice, sweet office in Lafayette. It's in the Life Building right downtown. And a few weeks ago, Brandon and I were walking in that beautiful spell of weather that we had, uh, enjoying it. And he got me to go axe throwing. Mm-hmm. So tell me like kind of how you got into axe throwing, kind of how you got the idea that I'd be into it. Yeah, I don't know if I'm into it, but okay. uh, a friend of mine, his wife set up a for his birthday, yeah. a group of people go. It's called the Spinning Axe. It's downtown Lafayette. Yeah. And it's exactly what Tyler just said. It's you go in, you throw axes and at a target. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing. very competitive, which yeah. is really nice. And that's probably what I thought Tyler's going to love this because he's competitive. Yeah. And what's more manly than going and throwing some axes or whatever, yeah, you know? True. So I did feel like I should be wearing plaid and I grew chest. Perfect, yeah. perfect team building exercise, in my, my opinion. It's yeah, it was. two blocks away from the office. So when it's, you know, when I get slap happy or tired or need to get out a little bit and not be in front of a computer, I thought that's a good opportunity for us to go over and do something fun. Meet some of the local businesses around here as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, an hour of throwing axes, my shoulder was killing me. I think I started off pretty strong. Yeah. And then as I wore out, you just started whooping all over me. Well, I, yeah, but <laughs> I don't, like you, you, I think you, you built up such a lead in those first handful of games yeah. though that I couldn't catch up. But yeah, I mean, it was a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, and I want to do it again. So this weekend, Maggie and I had an opportunity to go without kids. Right? Okay. So we had like two or three hours. This is diamond in the rough type of situation for us. It is very yeah. rare. So, you know, we mentioned our families earlier. I have four kids. And so, uh, 10, eight, five, and three, right? I was doing, I was going <laughs> through, right? I'm almost there. So 10, eight, five, and three. And so to have a little bit of free time is very unique. Mm-hmm. And I looked at going axe throwing. Yeah. I'm like, this would be so cool. Like I'll take Maggie axe throwing, but you couldn't find a spot. It was okay. one of those things where you planned ahead, you made a reservation. Mm-hmm. I would not have, and then we wouldn't have been able to throw axes, right? Yeah. But I did think about it. Instead, one of the really cool things that I wanted to talk to you about is we went for a hike around Eagle Creek. And so I think that's a really unique thing that people don't take advantage of, I guess sure. is what I'm trying to say. So that was really fun. And that I hopefully will be something that we'll start doing more. Well, you've walked into the office several times and said, let's go for a walk. Yeah. You know, that's that's the best time for us to just talk about what's going on business standpoint, what's going on personal standpoint. And it's a good start to a day. Yes, it, it certainly is. It's a great start to the day. So Something else that is kind of random, but I'm getting into is my son brought home a book about Pokemon from the library. It's just beginning. It is just (laughs) beginning, right? So I am into it. You know, it's wild to me. It is completely different. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just don't get it. Right. And you're into Pokemon, right? Yes. I'm a nerd. Okay. Thanks for pointing that out. All right. Well, I mean, I am too. So, I mean, there's no like, uh, so Certainly. much more to share in future episodes. <laughs> yes. No, we will. We'll get into all these types of things. If if you liking Pokemon makes you a nerd, then I'm not sure what type of word would describe me. Right? Understandable. Uh, I am into everything from throwing axes to climbing mountains to Pokemon cards now, you, you know, and learning these characters. And I mean, there's there's more than just like dozens too. I mean, there's like hundreds. I think of over 800 right? or something like that. 800 now. different yeah. characters. Okay. Yeah. So this is a craze that's across the country, the world, uh, generationally. I mean, it's just absolutely everywhere. 
like I said, Michael brought home the book. Mm-hmm. And so that's where it started. Mm-hmm. And so we're, you know, going to get some more packs. We're going to start opening packs. We're going to start collecting them. It always leads to the cards. It does it lead always lead to the cards. Yeah. So that's amazing. So tell me, like, where or how did it start, like, with, with you? Started with my brother, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, he's been collecting cards for probably five years now. All right. And he's constantly tried talking me in for several years to do it. So I've been collecting for the last year and a half or so. Okay. Uh, And as I've thought about it more and more, I definitely understand the draw to it from the collection standpoint because of, you know, the financial planning background and all that. Like I see it as an investment from that standpoint. Yeah. But then as I'm collecting that, it's so much fun for myself and the kids. And I think that's what you're seeing too. Yeah. Is they can get into it. They don't care about a cost of a card or whatever, so you can get them a bunch of cheap cards that they can play with, bend, and but then still do that other part of it too. So, yeah, um, yeah and I'm I'm all in. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in. So I'm getting there too. I I really am. I love it for a lot of different reasons. Like you'd mentioned, the kids and mm-hmm. learning it, and you know, Michael is at that point where he's reading, and Caroline tries to read these crazy words. So that part of it all is really cool. But like you had said, this is one of those random things, and I get into everything. Mm-hmm. But it is. It's such a unique way to invest is a good way of thinking about it because you're investing your time, right? That's, how, that's what I tell my wife. Yeah, it's well, I was going to say, this is just me preparing to tell my wife, uh, honey, we're going to start buying Pokemon cards, right? <laughs> uh, but no, it, it really actually is. And it's the biggest difference between like Legos mm-hmm. or other things that you can buy with kids because there really isn't any um, leftover value or residual value, sure, right? Sure. You can kind of do a little bit of both here. And uh, it's, it's not just... Um, traders. It's not just scalpers. Like this Pokemon world is out of control. Like I saw that in Christie's did an auction and okay. a Pokemon card sold for three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. Like what? What makes a card worth three hundred fifty thousand dollars? It's just super rare. I would super assume, rare. Right? Yeah, okay. limited quantity. And when did Pokemon start? Like back in the late nineties. Late nineties. Yeah. Oh God, is that yeah. unbelievable? Yeah. And so I did baseball cards and I did football cards mm-hmm. and all that stuff growing up. And they're worthless. Yeah. So why are they worthless? Well, you're talking cards from like the late 80s, 90s. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I did some sports cards back yeah. then too. It is all about the, well, with several things. I mean, but the, the big one is about the quantity. Okay. So the Pokemon company or early on was Wizards of the Coast was, yep. was who produced them. You know, once, once they got a year or two out, they stopped producing that set. So once it was done, it was done. You can't go back and find a, then them printing a 1999 set. And in their business model, they just do that every three months. New set, new set, new set. And I think that the craze along with that, because there's there's shows and so many other things. I mean, I remember when I was younger when the Pokemon show came out yeah. and so many people wanted that and that's what led to that, the craze for the cards as well. That the value of all these cards just, just get higher and higher. That Pokemon overall, when you look at a long-term standpoint, never... It goes down. Time. It just keeps going up. You have your lulls here and there, but mm-hmm. from a long-term perspective, it never goes down. And that's just because the demand gets higher for a lot of these vintage or older cards, but the supply is never going to get bigger. Yeah. And, that's and a really lot good. of people kind of maybe understood that there was something about that and they hoarded a lot of it. Yeah. You've got a lot of collectors with that have a corner on cer- certain parts of the I think the other thing, the reason that I'm paying attention, and I think maybe more and more people start paying attention, like we saw the, the card get auction at Christie's, we're seeing mm-hmm. all these uh, collectible companies becoming more easily accessible to mm-hmm. get some of these additional cards, yep. 
And it's because that alternative investment space, just like uh, groups are getting together to invest in real estate or collectible baseballs, collectible wines, digital currency, which you will hear later in this, how big I'm into those types of things. So it's, it's such an amazing intersection of my professional life and my personal life, which is what we're talking about. Like what a wild way that I can collect cards that are wildly colorful and cool that my kids are super into. Mm -hmm. And in theory, maybe even have a little bit of residual value on the side which is kind of cool and fun. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I love Pokemon. I can't wait to talk to you more about it. Yeah. And I, I know that between you and your brother, it'll be a lot of fun. So much fun to continually talk about that. Sure. So sure. I think this is probably a perfect transition for us to kind of move into talking about some of the different investments that we like, some sure. stocks and companies that we enjoy. The technology involved in car making is mm-hmm. mind blowing to me. And I've been in love with Tesla for a really long time. I'd go as far as saying I will own a Tesla. It's not a matter yeah. of if, it's a matter of when. Um, I'm not quite there yet. Sure. But I do, uh, I love the technology. I love Tesla. And another company that we both love right now is Ford, right? Yeah, we do love Ford and Tesla for that matter. Uh, so each week as we do this podcast, this section is going to be kind of a focus, I think, on two different equities or investments that that we like or yeah. that we're confident in. Um, and that clients are, might possibly see in their portfolios. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we won't do a versus on everything, but in this sense, Ford and Tesla being in some of the same space, yeah. we'll give some of the positives and, and even negatives for each of those. Yeah. So what are some of the good things about Ford right now? Well, I mean, if you look in the past here, you can, from a positive standpoint, Ford was number one in growth okay. in 2021. I believe it was over 100%. We look back 12 years ago and or 13 years ago, and you wouldn't have thought that. Yes. Um, and I think a big part of that is their focus. They, they've yeah. been very focused on being very specific in, in what autos they're doing to the point where them and other companies have stopped even making sedans and things like that and focused on what is going to make us profitable. And that has also led into the EV space. Yes. So, and that's where Tesla and Ford kind of have that similarity. That crossover, yeah. Other than being automakers. Yeah. um, Is that EV space, their innovation in that right now is, I've heard a lot of folks are talking about Ford is winning. Yeah. They they believe that they're winning. And maybe that's just because Ford is the new guy into that. Tesla's been around a little longer and we all understand Tesla and the EV space there, but a lot of positives around Ford right now. Yeah, I, I think it's impressive. The reason that Ford is attractive to me right now to go along with everything that you've just mm-hmm. said is that they have been one of the leaders, right? Mm-hmm. So they were one of the first companies, I believe, that said no more to cars, Yep. right? So they were the first one. They did some huge study. I don't have the exact details <laughs> on it, right? But they were one of the very first ones that said, it doesn't make sense to make cars. We're going to stick to smaller SUVs. Mm-hmm. I think they still have the Ford Mustang. And then they started getting into that EV space. Yep. And you're right. They're struggling, just like Tesla is struggling. And every other company with supply chain issues, microchip yeah. issues, Specifically with Tesla, their stock continues to grow. It's volatile. It's very volatile, but they're not producing their trucks. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I got a reservation in hopes of having one of those crazy sure. Batmobiles, sure. you know, but they might not come out for another couple of years. So everyone is kind of betting on something great down the road, which is dangerous, which is one of the yeah. pullbacks on Tesla. But the reason I love Tesla and the reason you'll come to find that I love a lot of things is that it's disruptive. Sure. Tesla has disrupted the entire automaking industry. Sure. It was Ford, it was GM, it was uh, imports, and now it's a different space altogether. Yeah. So I will continue to buy Tesla regularly until it gets way, way out of control. 
Well, we're starting to see we're starting to see good numbers from a fundamental standpoint from Tesla. Too. Yes, you know, yes. a few years back it was we expect them to make this many vehicles in the quarter, and they weren't getting close to those expectations. We're starting to see those numbers really come together. Yeah. Whereas there's an expectation, I think this quarter they were still a little short. Yeah. But they're really starting to look like they're hitting some of those goals that, that, yeah. that they weren't able to before. And from a top level perspective, as we're looking at these companies, always remember this is general conversation, Correct. right? If you have a situation where you would like to talk to us, reach out to us. We could talk about whether or not these could fit into your portfolios. And down the road, we can even talk a little bit more about where we substitute them. You know, as we move out of ETFs and we move into specific equities and how we do it. But for sake of trying to wrap everything up, I think we should move on to the end. Absolutely. Right. And so the last little piece of this and the favorite part of our day is right before we pick up our kids and we get to talk about things that really matter to us personally. And so on the personal perspective, I always like to call Brandon every time I do something great and I call him my dad of the year moves, right? <laughs> and so I pulled a dad of the year move last week that I wanted to share with everybody. So happy hour at Steak and Shake mm-hmm. is from like two to four, sometimes two to five. So I get to take my kids there, grab fries and a shake and it's less than like five or six bucks. Sure. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. The kids lose their mind, especially if the weather's a little bit nice. Sure. So that's a really exciting thing that I'm going to make sure I do this week, uh, at least once after I pick them up. So it's uh, one of my pro moves right now. Tell me about one of your dad of the year moves or something that's working with you and your boys right now. Well, let me start with probably one of the most exciting things that's happened in a long time. Yes, this is even better. So this is in regards to my son. Over time, we'll talk a little bit more about my youngest son, Cohen. So he has been diagnosed with autism, and, yep. and we'll, we'll get into a lot more of that down the road. But we've been working with him and getting him into therapies and different things to help him with his speech. Yeah. And in the past week, he has started actually responding with thank yous when you give him something. That's amazing. And like it's just for Jenny and I because we've been months and months and months of trying to figure out what are the best steps for him. So he said he's saying thank you. He's starting to sing songs. His birthday was, his fourth birthday was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And so at school, at home, we all sing happy birthday. So now he runs around and happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. That's so, incredible. Like that's been a big feat is just trying to get the speech going so that other things follow. That's so, a huge yeah, win, it's, man. It's been, it's been really good recently to, to see some of that growth. Yeah, yeah, I love it. That makes me really, really happy. Tell me more about your older son. Are you reading with him right now too? Yeah, he's doing um, AR reading, okay, which cool. is the... Um, he's yeah. doing reading for school. We'll just go with that. And uh, he is, this last quarter, has really struggled to, to catch up on his reading. It's just been something he struggled with. And he has been able to really get caught up, really enjoy reading a little more. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say he loves it. You yeah. know, like you talked about, Kate just loves to read. Yeah, she'll sit down. Uh, Roman is not there yet. Yeah. Um, but it's good to see him starting to hit some of these goals and to be a little more motivated. Like he was so happy to, for that last quarter of school, to be able to get across the finish line. I guess his computer quizzes when he does them, a rocket goes across the finish line. And that oh, was cool. So excited to him. Smart. And then it brings me to a book that is in his new, this new semester of reading, a book that he gets to read for this level is Dragons Love Tacos. And you talk about Dragons Love Tacos all the time. I do, yeah. And uh, that was the first book when we started this new semester. He said, that's in there. That's the one I want to read. So I love it. we got to go through that. Yeah, Dragons Love Tacos. Adam Rubin, R-U-B-I-N. Is, yeah, so Dragons Love Tacos is one of my favorite books. Such a silly thing. But it is. So pants good. loads of tacos. <laughs> yeah, we always, boatloads. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's a... Uh, that's a really, really good book. We love to do it. We're doing Dr. Seuss right now. So Michael okay. is my five-year-old, the third along the way there. And we're looking through some Dr. Seuss books, Hop on Pop, 
Go Dog Go. Yeah. So we're doing some of the old school classics, but we'll we'll touch on a couple more of our books and throw in some where we're going with some of those books too. Sure. And one of these later ones down here. I love it. All right. So let's finish this off. And I want to thank everybody again for listening to us today. It's kind of been uh, surreal almost to kind of finish this up all the way through. Something that my wife does with us that I want to do is um, she always asks us what we're grateful for. So when we pray for dinner at night and we Mm -hmm. kind of finish up with that, she asks what we're grateful for. I think it's a really good way to kind of wrap this up. So do you want me to put you on the spot or do you want me to go first? Go ahead. All right. I can tell you right now that I'm super grateful for our family. And I think it's something to throw in there. Uh, This weekend, we were able to go to church and go on hikes. Mm -hmm. And um, our in-laws came over and helped us take care of the kids and do those different things. And um, at the same time, we have some families right now that we're helping out that are struggling. Right. I mean, with some health concerns, COVID is still out there. So I'm really lucky. It's, you know, when I walk out of our office, when we walk out of business, things are calm. And I can appreciate that calm. I probably jinxed myself, but that's what I'm most grateful for is a little bit of peace and calm. It feels like that COVID crazy is finally settling down. Sure, sure. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So so tell me, finish it off, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll go back to what I mentioned about my son, my son, Cohen. I'm yeah. very grateful for this this school, this uh, therapy center yeah. that he's been able to go to. Like, he absolutely loves the people there. And to see him, to walk in, and most of the time my wife takes him in the morning, but she said that he literally runs in there and just wraps his arms around his, his worker, yeah. That's so cool. And um, everybody who sees that kid just falls in love with him, and we're seeing that there too. But it was months and months of trying to get this going, and now that it's going and to see the results of that, I'm just very thankful for the people who are willing to do that because it's not a it's not an easy job. It's not an well. easy job at all, and yeah, any type of social work of that sense is is not a very good paying job. Yeah, but, the reward will be um, green. Heaven. They put they put everything into it. Yeah, you know, we get we get notes every day of what they've done, and yeah, it's exciting. I'm excited to see where where this leads in the future. Yeah, I am too. All right, well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and listening in on our thoughts from the pickup line. Uh, Hopefully you'll get a chance to maybe even listen to this in a pickup line. That's kind of one of our thoughts. Next week, we're going to talk more. We're going to talk more about estate planning and some gifting, and we'll touch base on some healthcare stocks. and More nerdiness coming. I love it. All right, well, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening in. If you have any questions or would like clarification on the topics discussed in this episode, or you'd like to share topic ideas for future episodes, please reach out by email to thoughts at bbkwealth.com. And if you'd like to learn more about BBK Wealth and the services we provide, you can find more info on our website, bbkwealth.com, or on Facebook at BBK Wealth. And as a quick reminder, our thoughts shared on this podcast are just that, our thoughts, and not specific advice. If you'd like advice on anything discussed, please reach out. Lastly, if you are looking to start your own podcast and like the production and quality of our episodes, check out our producer, Jared White, at jaredwhitemedia.com. Again, thanks for listening in, and we look forward to you joining us next time on our Thoughts from the Pickup Line.